Good afternoon. Welcome to Impact Radio with your hosts, Mark and Veronica Lugo, here on your station, KDRY AM 1100. Hey guys, welcome back to Impact Radio. We're so excited to be with y'all once again this week and uh, to talk about, uh, you know, just, you know, ministries, organizations, you know, nonprofits that are doing great things in our city, whether it be, you know, a large organization or an individual who's impacting their community. As you know, this radio segment is called Impact Radio, and we love to bring people on here that are impacting our society whether it's as small as reaching your neighbor or as big as reaching the world. So, you know, one person at a time, as they say, right? So, you know, every everything that you do, you know, to help someone is an impact. So it, it doesn't go unnoticed. And so I'm excited to introduce to you today's, our, today's guest, and that's Ms. Rosario. Welcome to Impact Radio. Thank you for the opportunity, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, we've known each other for a while, and and uh, through through King's Mission Fellowship, yes. and and uh, you've you've gone to my sister's conferences, and that's yes. how we kind of made the connection. She's like, "Oh, you're you're Cynthia's brother." <laughs> she says, "Yes, but don't hold it against me." <laughs> I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love my sister. She's got an amazing ministry Amen. as well, and uh, to women, and uh, you know. So I want to just you know, I I love your testimony. You know, I think that, you know, just a lot of people that could relate to your testimony. And, uh, you know, we have, um, you know, we've dealt with um, uh, one thing that we've come across recently is is uh, foster care and how that's so. So um, it's it's hitting home here, especially in San Antonio and in our nation. We're actually in an orphan and foster care crisis in our nation and very little attention is being put on it. Very little. There is some amazing organizations out there doing doing right. some great work, but you know that as as the, the Bible says, is the harvest is playing, the workers are few. So Amen. there's so there is great need, but there's not enough help, right? And enough resources. I have two two boys of my own, and it takes money to raise those you know raise those boys. And so, uh, you know, can you imagine a nation trying to raise five hundred thousand kids? Yes. You know, that's wow. that's a huge bill, right? When Very you look big. at it that way. <laughs> so they got sports, they got, you know, medical, you know, you name it. They need clothes. That's food. not including the basic needs, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, so just the di- different things like that where the, the, the need is great. And so that, you know, that's one of the huge parts that um, intrigued me about your testimony. So tell, tell us uh, today, you know, those that are listening to this Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, tell us, you know, you, you know, who... Who is Rosario? Where, where, where did your story begin? Well, my story started when I was four years old. We had, uh, I remember the police coming to our home. Mm-hmm. And me and my nine other siblings were put in a police cars and taken to the children's shelter downtown. Wow. And uh, I don't remember if there was court dates or anything, but I do remember one day my dad going, had the car full of the older siblings and saying, uh, I'll be back for you. Mm. And I started crying, saying, you know, I want to go with you. I want to go with you. And he says, don't cry, don't cry. I'll be back for you. Mm. Well, that never happened. Mm. Back then, we didn't have food stamps, welfare, or housing. So I became a ward of the state. And so I lived in foster homes. I lived in girls' homes. I had a sibling, a younger sibling, two years younger than me. And we went together. And so we went 
through foster homes. We went through the system. Finally, at around, I think I was almost six when uh, I was adopted by an aunt and her husband. Okay. okay. And I saw my siblings every once in a while, but hardly ever. And so that was okay until my adopted parents. First, my, my foster, my dad passed. And then I remember being in the fourth grade and my mom passing away. Okay. So I went back to the system and I remember thinking, if they couldn't adopt me at five, who's going to adopt me at 12, right? Wait, so I'm sorry. So then at, you get adopted at six years old? Mm-hmm. So how did that affect you? Like, I don't understand uh, the, well, your, your parents passing? My, yes, the parents who had adopted oh, me. Oh, the parents who had adopted you. Okay, yes. okay. Yes, I'm, they passed away. Okay. Yeah. And so I ended up back in the system. Mm. And so um, I stayed there. And people can be mean from school to foster parents to mm. the siblings that are in the house. And so I became very rebellious. In my heart, I just remember thinking, nobody's going to break me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take care of me and nobody's going to break me. Mm -hmm. right? So I went through the system and then I would end up in um, foster homes, in uh, girls' homes. I lived at the Salvation Army Home for Girls. Okay. And then I also lived downtown at the YMCA Intervention Center for Girls. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, Louise Lockler, who does um, the Elf Louise Project, she yes. was my counselor. Oh, wow. Wow. We met up. Uh, we hooked up again after so many years. But she was amazing. She was amazing. I was, mm -hmm. I was a hardcore rebel. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I went through those programs. Uh, I think the Salvation Army is now called the Peacock Academy for Girls okay. by Woodlawn Lake. That sounds very familiar. Yes. Yeah. So I went there, finally got tired of the system. I started doing whatever I wanted, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Nobody cared. I remember being at Breckenridge Park at 3 o'clock in the morning, just sitting there by myself and not really doing anything, just being in my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I met this guy um, who was a relative of one of my sisters. Uh, and so he told me, why don't you come live with me? You know, I'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. He was a lot older than I was. I was so naive, I didn't realize that he was the neighborhood drug addict. Mm -hmm. And he was the, the dealer for the South Side. Wow. And he took care of me all right. <laughs> uh, before I knew it, I was shooting heroin and doing whatever I had to to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that lasted till I was about 24, and he got sent to prison. And by this time, I have a daughter. And so that was pretty intense, okay. right? It was yeah. pretty intense being as young as I was, but you grow up quick. And you make decisions that you think are good for you. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they're not. So um, my first husband died in prison. He was, a, uh, um, he was in there for several years, and then he got bit by a spider and died. And in, then in prison, mm -hmm. oh, in wow. prison, yeah. Wow. And then I was hitchhiking one day, not really knowing where I was going. I just knew I needed to get somewhere. Now, all this, is all of this taking place in San Antonio? Yes. This is San South Antonio. Side, this East is, Side, West Side. This is right here in our backyard. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm hitchhiking and I met this man, again, much older than I was. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was different. Mm -hmm. He was very different. And um, didn't want anything. And I was like, really? Mm -hmm. What's it going to cost me? Right. Because anytime anybody wanted to be nice to me, it was either to hit me or to use me. Right? Okay. And so my thoughts were, what's this going to cost me? <laughs> Took me home. Next morning, he's out there waiting. And I said, dude, do you know what I am? Hmm. And he said, yes. He said, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. And he just respected me. He loved me. He took care of me and my daughter. And I got pregnant, and he says, um, I want to marry you. And by this time, I'd given up the drugs. Mm -hmm. I was living a, what people call a straight life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I had decided to change my life with his help. He never talked down to me. He never, you know, I used to wear the real short shorts, the little tops. And he would tell me, you look cute like that, but you would look a lot better in something like this. Mm -hmm. He never told me I looked like anything less than something beautiful. Mm. So he said he wanted to get married. <clears throat> and I said, sure, let's get married, right? <laughs> I thought he was kidding. I had never known anything. But I had a real wedding mm -hmm. with real wedding cake. <laughs> and I wore a real wedding dress. Mm -hmm. And we had mostly his family, mm -hmm. um, some of my family. And it was the most amazing time in my life. And I was pregnant. Yeah, so right? re reality started hitting you. Yes. This is actually happening. It's going to go down, <laughs> yes. So I had my daughter. And I started working at Fort Sam mm -hmm. uh, for the commissary region. He worked at CPS. Okay, so when you got married, so how many, you mentioned pregnant a couple of times. So how mm -hmm. many kids do you, at that point, did you have? I just had my oldest daughter from my first husband, and I was okay. pregnant from my second daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I've only, I only have two children. He had okay. three. Okay. There was three boys that came with that package. Got you. So um, we, we got married, and I had my baby, and we actually, my, my baby had just turned a year old, and because he worked with CPS, mm -hmm. he got to go fishing at Calaveras and Browning. So he had bought this little boat, little boat. And so he went and uh, said, I'm going to go fishing. I said, sure. I'm going to go try out the boat. He went with his cousins. Next thing I know, I'm getting a call. Oh, no. Don't tell me. He said, they said, they can't find Paul. And they said, no, no. He went fishing. No, they can't find him. What? So we, I remember my sister-in-law came for me. I literally went blank. I couldn't believe what was going on. So the next day they pulled his body out and all I did was go to the body. I said, give me his wallet. And they're like, what? I said, give me his wallet. So he always carried cash. So I took the money and I went straight to a connection. Mm. And I went back to hell. Mm. I... They gave me um, a little over $100,000 insurance money because it was an accidental drowning. 
So I took the 100,000 and I shot it up in three months. And um, I just lost it. Yeah. So yeah. I had a friend who would always invite me to church. Well, so mm -hmm. Can't go, mm -hmm. can't go. Well, talk to me about God. Yeah. I want to know about your God. Yeah. I don't think he exists. I just did not want to choose to believe that there was a good God, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that was a lie too. That was a lie from the pits of hell because one day I had to make a decision. Take my girls, because I had left them with family. Take my girls and keep living in the street or take them to the shelter. And I just knew that I knew that I knew I didn't want them to be there. Mm -hmm. So I remember um, the Victory Outreach was always had had these little cards they would go witnessing and say, if oh, yeah. you are hooked and need help, you heard of them? The tracks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And I would always just throw them back at them. Dude, I don't need your Jesus. Right? <laughs> Even though I was in the street all crazy. and Yeah. And um, you needed him more than ever. Yes. So I remember packing their bags and just looking up and saying, well, come on. They say you exist. Where are you? Just like challenging God, really. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I, I was like, so upset saying I didn't believe in God yet I'm talking to him right mm -hmm. so I opened the bag to put some clothes in there and there's a card if you are hooked and need help and I said okay program it's a program I'm gonna call I'm gonna kick I'm gonna do whatever I have to go get my girls I'll be okay mm -hmm. well I got there my my family decided they were gonna help me for just a little while longer with the girls and so I figured, well, I'll just go kick, right? Mm -hmm. I'll use it as a program. Well, it was different. I don't know if you know what it means to kick. No. It's very hard physically and mentally and emotionally. So I went through the physical part, and there was this one girl there. Her name was Sylvia. And she stayed up with me, like, for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. This is the recovery. Yes. Part, okay, through the program. Yes, through okay. the program, through Victory Outreach. And um, so I was there and, and she would clean me up and pray for me. Nobody had ever done that for me. Mm -hmm. So she would stay up and I kicked. Then I started going to church. I started going to the temple. And... I remember thinking, this is a head game. This is all a head game. Mm. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I can do this. They would be speaking in tongues. They would be praying loud. And I don't know if you've ever been to a, a full-blown Holy Spirit service. Oh, yes. Yes, I sure have. <laughs> um, they weren't swinging by I the bet. chandeliers because they didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And so I had to go to the church. Mm -hmm. And... I was like, I don't know if I can. So there was a scripture that says, test me and see if I will not do it for you. Mm. My first test was with some shoes. I walked in with a pair of dirty tannies, ugly jeans. Mm -hmm. My hair cut two inches. It looked like a bus cut because mm -hmm. I lived in the streets and, you know, that's the best way I could take care of me. <laughs> so I remember the home director said, um, you're going to go to the church today. I was like, I don't have any clothes. 
I'm not gonna go like this. All of a sudden, I'm caring about how I look. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm not gonna go. So he said, there's some shoes out there and they didn't fit me. So uh, one of the girls, she had, she had these jelly kind of shoes and she says, uh, here, put mine on. I said, chick, that, those aren't gonna fit me. <laughs> and she goes, just try them. And she started praying and I was like, something's wrong with this kid. She was a young girl. <laughs> I wear a size, well, I'm not going to tell you, but they were a lot bigger than her size, right? She okay. had a little foot. Uh-huh. I stuck my foot in there and they fit perfect. Oh, wow. And I um, I like to just like do a check mark in the air like the swoosh mm-hmm. and tell God, okay, that one's yours. Mm. And I did that. I remember just doing that. When we got back to the, to the home from the church, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to stay. I'm, I'm just going to get my things and leave. And I was by myself in the dorm, the women's dorm. And I grabbed the Bible they had given me and I threw it on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, come on, somebody gave that to you. Sylvia had given me that Bible. And so I bent to pick it up. And when I picked it up, cat didn't hear thunder from heaven or a loud voice booming. But it fell to Isaiah 54, 4 through 8. Fear not, for you will not be put to shame. Mm. Shame was all I had known. Mm-hmm. Neither feel humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. I was a drug addict. Mm. That's all people did for me was disgrace me, shame me. He says, but you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood you will remember no more. Hmm. Nobody Love but it. God knew. Mm-hmm. That's right. Nobody there but God knew. Mm-hmm. Right? For your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you like a wife forsaken and grieved in spirit, even like a wife of one's youth when she is rejected. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I knew that I knew Mm -hmm. that I had just had an encounter with God. Yeah. Because nobody knew. Mm -hmm. And he was personally proposing to me. Hmm. Will you be my wife? Hmm. So, 30-something years ago, I said, I do. I said, I do to the King of Kings, Lord Mm -hmm. of Lords, to my bridegroom. And my life has not been anything what it was because it was transformed. So you've gone through foster care. You went through, you know, drug addiction. And you, you've, uh, through Victory Outreach, you receive, you know, you're, you know, just, they, they share the message of Christ. You receive exactly. Christ. And, and uh, you know, God leading you to this scripture. And it's just kind of like your life story, isn't it? Yeah. It's in, in, in what, three or four verses. Yes. And so, so what has happened to you in those 30 years? I would say transformation has taken place in you. So what, what, was it this scripture that you would say that kind of just, you know, okay, no more going back to the heroine, no more going back to looking back. And just It's all forward. It's all forward. So this is what you're saying, the scripture that helped you just yes. to say, okay, that's it. That's it. I'm moving forward. That's my life verse. Mm-hmm. 
My life verse is John eight thirty six. Him who the sun sets free is free indeed. That's right. Amen. If I could tattoo that on my arm, I would, but I'm not because I'm too chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. God has been faithful. Okay. Yeah. And I went through the ministry at, at Victory Outreach, and I went, um, I found my third husband there. Okay. He was a godly man. He was a father to my children. Um, and he passed away 13 years ago. Okay. So God has continued to just be there for me. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, I, I always share with women um, the faithfulness of God. Yes. The goodness of God. Mm-hmm. We know we're sinners. We know we're, we're, we're doing wrong. I don't have to come up to a young lady and say, you know you're wrong. You know that you shouldn't be out here in the street. Mm-hmm. But it's the love of God that draws us. That's right. So if I can share the love of God with somebody, I will. Yeah, absolutely, and and you're doing it to you're doing it today to a lot of people. You know, listening all the way from uh, just the San, surrounding area of San Antonio all the way down to Corpus area. So, nice <laughs> living God. past Corpus area, so the it's a great uh, um, area of reach. Uh, and so the the transformation, you know, so so what has this transformation uh, been for you? So now uh, you're out, you want to help other people. You know, you're helping other people, and you started a ministry called Forever Free Ministries. So tell us about that. You know, you, you, you said you have John eight thirty six, mm-hmm. with the sense it's free is free indeed. That's yes. your, the scripture reference to that ministry. So tell us about that ministry and how you want to help people. Well, I teach women. I taught for a while at the Board of Pardons and Paroles. When women come out of prison, they want to be mommies. They don't want to keep living the life. But if you've got a background um, with that kind of background where you come out of prison— you don't qualify for food stamps, welfare, or housing. Okay. Remember at the beginning? I was there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they go back to the same lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They go back to trying to sell drugs, sell their bodies, do whatever they can to feed their kids. Right? Right. And the enemy grabs them. Mm-hmm. Right? The mm-hmm. scripture says that he waits like a roaring lion waiting to see who he, who he can devour. Right. And he comes against families. I've had children ask me, ma'am, can you pray so my mom doesn't go back to prison? Mm-hmm. So I want to teach women how to be good mommies. They can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our pastor's wife, when I was at Victory, gave me a book called um, Dare to Discipline by James Dobson. Mm-hmm. Great book. That book was amazing for me. I didn't know how to be a mom. <laughs> I didn't know how to. I didn't have anything, reference points, nothing. Mm-hmm. And that book was so amazing to me. Right? right. And you put that book as a resource with the word of God. Mm-hmm. I can do anything. Mm-hmm. I can do anything. And right. I share with the women that I ministered to, how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. How bad do you want it? God will do it. You just take that step of faith. And the transformation, brother, in this is that I hear people, I'm a recovering addict. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm not recovering anything. Right? The work's already been done at the cross. He right. said, it is finished. Right. So I'm a transformed addict. I'm transformed by the blood of Jesus. It has healed me. It has delivered me. And now it allows me to set the captive free. I teach women Mm -hmm. to be disciples of Christ, to follow him Mm -hmm. and not the things of the world. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's where, you know, our job as Christians is, you know, to be to be the light. 
in this dark world mm-hmm. and uh you know to to share the gospel you know to set the captives free you know and, and to whatever area that you know whether you be your life's journey or your heart's passion you know to help people in a certain area and and, and you're doing that you know do you have uh, like a story or t- like testimony of, of some of the women that you've come across that you know just just a testimony of, of um, just kind of people that, you know, the ladies that you've helped. I have one um, young lady. She's amazing. She's one of my good friends. Her name is Diana. Mm-hmm. And I don't have permission to use her last name. No, no, no. Please but, don't share it. <laughs> don't get us in trouble now. <laughs> but we used to go out and uh, administer in the streets. Um, mm-hmm. God has a lot of treasure for us, right? Mm-hmm. The world calls it trash. God calls us treasures. Mm-hmm. And we used to go, and I remember I went one day, and, and she was standing in the street corner. And I said, can we pray for you? And we'd always go in, you know, two or three. And she's standing there half naked, and she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you can pray for me, but let's go over here in the alley so nobody can see. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you standing there naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we laughed about it, and she allowed us to pray for her. And I remember God just put her in my heart. Mm-hmm. And every night we'd get to the back to the dorm and we'd pray for Diane. Well, about two and a half weeks later, guess who walks through the door? Hmm. I believe in answered prayer. Right. God hears us. And so she walked in. She had a daughter. And her daughter stayed with me while she went through the program. Mm-hmm. And she as well, she works. She's, you know, her life was completely changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... We're really good friends, you know, and Amazing. so I've, I've uh, ministered to hundreds of women. God allows me to use my testimony at different women's functions, wherever I'm invited. Mm-hmm. And two years ago, a year and a half ago, I got ordained as a pastor. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need a title. Mm-hmm. I just go wherever God sends me. Right. But right. the world requires one. Yeah, well, right. you need the, the anointing or the, the unveiling. Yes. Okay, this is, you know, Jesus had that when he got baptized. Exactly. You know? And uh, this is, you know, so the dove, Amen. the spirit came on him like a dove, it says. Amen. So So then that's when the enemy knew, you know, who he was. Exactly. <laughs> so the enemy knows who you are. So you're marked now that's right. as a minister. And and we know that um, and because of that marking, we're a target for the enemy. That's right. And so there's purpose in our lives. You know, there's there's people listening today that there's they're full of purpose, and they've been uh, ordained or they are uh, ministers in some, some form or fashion through their ministry or through you know through an, an organization, uh, and and they're a target. Mm-hmm. And the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy the calling mm-hmm. that's in us, and he will. Depending on the calling, I would say is the is the, the the response of the warfare yes. that you you face, and then and thank God for those times where there's no warfare at all; it's just smooth sailing. But you have to know that it will come. Yes, it will. <laughs> and be prepared. And there's no greater weapon than I mean, you know, than word His Word. God. Yes. Than the prayer, praise, and worship, and because we're created to you know to worship. You know, but his word is alive and well and in living in us. What would you tell people? You know, we have a, a couple of seconds here. You know, what would you in closing? What would you tell people that know somebody that's that's in these situations that you mentioned? How, how can they get help? Where can they go? Don't give up. Keep praying for one. Two, there's a lot of programs in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Faith based. Um, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. 
I just want to say that me and my siblings have all been reunited. Every one of my siblings has accepted the Lord. Wow. I have amazing. two brothers that are pastors. Look at that. And God is amazing. Don't give up. Wow, that is that is that is that's a great way to, to close the segment. So, uh, yeah, it, what an amazing testimony. And I believe that there's many p- people that are listening today that are being encouraged by it and they can also share this story. You know, it's going to be archived through our ministry um, the, the ministry apps and just go to our ministry page at Mark Lugo Ministries, the Facebook page, and you can see more of how you can share this out. Uh, today we've had Pastor Rosario Perez, and uh, you know, I, I love her. She has an amazing calling, especially to young adults. You'll be hearing more about that here soon and uh, in the coming in the coming years, you know, coming weeks, months, you know, into the years, but uh, you'll be hearing more of that. But thanks for tuning in today. Uh, We will see you here, there, or in the air. We want to thank you for tuning in to Impact Radio, a program in partnership with Mark Lugo Ministries, a ministry that's focused on raising strong families. Follow us on Facebook at Mark Lugo Ministries, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Mark Lugo Min. Or visit us online at www.marklugalministries.org to learn about upcoming events and how to be a financial partner. Our text to give code is 210-987-9333. Until next week, let's continue to build strong families, communities, and cities through Jesus Christ.